Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Python Community News, the only show that brings you the non-pippable news and happenings around the Python community. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jay Miller, and with me, as always, is uh, John Bonifato. Hey, John. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good. And if you notice, there's a third camera here. Um, this is our first attempt at, at doing some interview type stuff, and hopefully it goes well because we've got more planned. But I have a long-term friend of mine, former coworker, and um, I was happy to find out that now she is helping to run all the things happening around Hacktoberfest, uh, Phoebe Quincy from DigitalOcean. Hey, Phoebe. Hey, how's it going? Good. Give everybody kind of a, a quick synopsis of what you do at DigitalOcean and how it's tied with uh, Hacktoberfest. For sure. So um, I manage open source programs uh, for the marketing developer engagement team at DigitalOcean. And so that involves Hacktoberfest, which is one of our largest marketing programs. Uh, and then uh, I also help manage our open source credit program. And this is where we give uh, credits for infrastructure to DigitalOcean to open source projects. So we sponsor over 100 projects. Uh, all the way from like, you've never heard of them to uh, big name ones like Node, uh, Jenkins, um, the Open Source Initiative, folks like that. So yeah, I, I help manage that program. And if anybody's curious about what DigitalOcean does in the open source space, you can go to DigitalOcean slash open source and you can learn all about our open source activities. So yeah, we contribute upstream uh, we contribute downstream and we run a variety of programs that help support the open source community. And I'm kind of the hub at the center of that wheel. That's awesome. And Hacktoberfest isn't just about, I'm, I'm going to assume that there, there are five people out here that don't know about Hacktoberfest. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's not just about, you know, putting websites up onto the web via DigitalOcean. It's, it's a global effort, right? Yeah. So Hacktoberfest is actually a month-long celebration of open source. So what we do is we help crowdsource contributions to open source projects. And the way that we do that is by incentivizing people to contribute uh, with a reward. And uh, part of that reward is a limited edition Hacktoberfest t-shirt you can also opt not to do a t-shirt and you can have a tree planted in your name in the digital ocean forest, uh, which is actually a live tree that goes out into the world um, and gets planted. So yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of little cool things that come along with participating in Hacktoberfest, but really it's a way to give back to the community. Uh, we're heavily reliant on open source technologies at DigitalOcean, and this is one way that we can help uh, those folks who are working on the next best technologies and the ones that we rely on improve. Cool. John, did you have uh, I know you had a couple of questions. You're like the veteran of Hacktoberfest, right? Um, uh, I mean, I've, I've been participating in Hacktoberfest for, uh, for a number of years. Yeah. I think I have all the t-shirts except the first year. Um, so, uh, I, I recall seeing uh, in you know one of the one of the announcement emails something like uh, this is our ninth year and I was like yeah it can't be right but uh, but it does seem that way <laughs> yes um, it is so that Thank is uh, that that is super exciting and and I, and I guess with uh, with that in in mind I would I would really love to hear right um, how things have changed with Hacktoberfest over the course of that time. Uh, Right, you know, I've I've certainly had my own experience as a as a contributor and a maintainer, uh, but but uh, getting an idea of the big picture would be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So we started out uh, very bootstrappy. This was an event that was pulled together by a core team of of folks at DigitalOcean that were very focused on the community, and um, and so we started out with about six hundred people participating, and. Uh, at that time, we would hold like a meetup like event where we would bring people in and we would do um, pull requests together. And then we started working on adding factors to it to help incentivize and, and make it better and improve it over the years. And and uh, and that started, um, you know, this ha having events all across the globe. So people participate in Hacktoberfest in a variety of different ways. 
they can open up a project, like as a maintainer, they can open up a project uh, for people to contribute to. They can contribute to a project. Um, they can organize an event. They can mentor others. And that's that's kind of the bootstrappy beginnings is that we had these veteran uh, engineers who would come and they would help kind of folks who were interested in learning how to contribute to open source work together to do pull requests against projects that needed some help. And so we grew that uh, over the course of time. So last year we had about 141,000 people participate and this year we're anticipating about 150,000. And those are people from 194 different countries who are participating in Hacktoberfest. So it has grown considerably and we've had growing pains over the years. Uh, one of the things that we added into the mix with Hacktoberfest was incentivizing uh, your getting four pull requests done um, through, by getting a reward kit. And in that reward kit comes this signature Hacktoberfest t-shirt. And so some folks last year decided they got really excited about it. And unfortunately, what they did was they tried to game the system and uh, you know started doing kind of uh, pull requests that really didn't help maintainers. It was like a period or a white space or a hyphen, or they would even create repositories just to contribute that kind of a PR to. So spammy pull requests, spammy repos, it was kind of a nightmare. And so we created a lot of stress and extra work for maintainers. And once we started getting the feedback, we really had to pivot uh, hard. We brought in a bunch of folks from the community and we created a Hacktoberfest advisory council um, and they help advise us on issues. So when things like this pop up in the community that maybe, you know, out of good intentions, we did something, but then we didn't realize the impact that it was having. Uh, they help us to address those issues and work with the community um, to make sure that we're doing good, not harm. And so, yeah, we've done a lot to regain trust in the community now. Um, and that was a result of what happened in 2020. We had a lot of people creating a lot of spam and maintainers were very unhappy. And, and actually, John, you brought up something earlier when we were chatting backstage about how at that time, we didn't have a way to have maintainers tell us they wanted to participate. So you could be a maintainer of a project and all of a sudden you would get pounded with tons of PRs and you would have no idea what was happening. <laughs> You'd be like, why is this happening to me right now? I don't have the time to deal with this. So now, uh, as a result, we the the number one thing that really helps um, with with the rules for Hacktoberfest is that you know we are making it so that maintainers can opt in. So all you have to do is add the Hacktoberfest topic to your participating repository, and then that way you are saying, hey, I want to participate and we anticipate that you will expect PRs. So yeah, this is a little kind of spread over time. Uh, but yeah, Hacktoberfest continues to grow. We have many companies that are love to be involved as partners um, and they help us uh, make Hacktoberfest happen like AppRite and Docker are our founder tier sponsors this year. And we're really happy to have AppRite back as a second year uh, founder sponsor. So, um, and they have a really great, interesting story too. So if anybody's really curious uh, about how AppRite got started, head to their Hacktoberfest, AppRite slash Hacktoberfest page, and you can read their blog post about how they got started with Hacktoberfest. So story. Phoebe, I have a question. I'm going to bring the mic in a little close. I got I have some friends, friends on the inside telling me, hey, you're quiet. Um, <laughs> you said it's as simple as adding just a, a, a tag. I, mm -hmm. I have a project here and I want I want you to tell me if, if I'm if I'm doing this right. So sure. I, ha I have a repo. It's called Render Engine. This is mm -hmm. what drives the website for Python Community News and a few others. And you're telling me I just have to go over here where these tags are and I just need to add Hacktoberfest. Hacktoberfest topic. Yep. Oh, do I? Okay. So that, that's it. And then hit save and I'm done? Yes. Okay. So and I'm I'm now opted in. Yes, you are now opted in. And that means that you are telling the community, hey, I am, I've got projects and tasks that I need help with and I want contributors to contribute to. 
some some good due diligence on the part of maintainers is to make sure your contributing page is up to date and you've got the correct information and that you've got your discrete tasks kind of prepared and packaged for people to take on. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> awesome. E easy enough. Easy day. Yeah, and if, any, if anybody's curious about some of the other factors that we that we utilize to kind of keep spam in check, uh, we definitely label spammy PRs. Um, and uh, if any PRMR, because we also use GitLab as a way to uh, participate in Hacktoberfest, and they call their PRs MRs. Um, any anything that has a label that contains the word spam, it will be treated as spam and it will not be counted for Hacktoberfest. So it won't go towards your four pull requests and users who have two or more PRs um, that are labeled spam will be permanently disqualified. So PRMRs only count once accepted by a maintainer. So as the maintainer, you will have to accept this uh, PRMR from somebody who's contributing and you have to label it as Hacktoberfest accepted. So that's the other task that you have as a maintainer participating in Hacktoberfest. Um, and then lastly, we have a way to report bad repos. So if you find a repo that you think is, is not legit, you can go to the Hacktoberfest website and report them. Um, and then we've, we've definitely reduced the emphasis on the t-shirt. The t-shirt is not why we want people to participate in Hacktoberfest. We really want to focus on quality contributions. Yes, the t-shirt is cool, um, but we used to lead with that. And, and now we've really, you know, kind of pushed that to the back. So. Cool. So Jay, you're, uh, you've got Render Engine officially ready to accept Hacktoberfest PRs now. Um, who are you looking to uh, really bring into the project? Right with with that change. So and, and maybe and this is actually a good question because I it's kind of like two things. One, I want people who are just genuinely interested in you know contributing to a Python project. I mean, even though it's been a project for like four years, I feel like it's still a very like new project, for, and maybe for a lot of people it will be. But I'm also looking for people who are interested in maybe getting that first contribution that first you know pr submitted um one of the things john i know you and i have talked about this a lot is is the the responsibility of project maintainers to almost shepherd first-time contributors through that process and that sometimes someone's not going to know they're not going to know your your contribution style some people don't even know what a contributing document is so when they come in it's like it's like that balance of like, sure, there's this big rush for people to make more contributions, but there's also like this rush of people who have never done this before. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's always the balance in like good PR management and good like project management is like, sure, you're going to have to, you know, maybe look for spam a little bit more than you usually would but also coming in and uh, Phoebe, I'm sure you're going to, you're going to remember this phrase, but like not assuming malice from mm -hmm. like from the jump and just being like, Oh, someone probably doesn't ex like, they're not a mind reader. They don't know what I want. So if I don't tell them exactly what I'm looking for or exactly the kind of ways that they could contribute to this project, then I have to then do that in just the issue creation process. Um, and, and a good way that I do that one is by tagging things with good first issue uh, for those that are, are, you know, maybe new to GitHub or new to the, the Git process or even just new to, you know, in my case, programming in Python. Um, these tend to not be like heavy code, heavy refactoring problems. They tend to be like, again, those documentation issues uh, that are more than white space and punctuation. Um, and then, I mean, of course, if you want to correct my punctuation too, I will totally give you credit for that because it's me but but yeah having those good first issues available for people having all of those documents like you said phoebe at the ready of saying like hey um one of the things that we do for the repo for python community news is that in our issue template there's a button that says i've read the code of conduct and like i'm going to follow it um so like having some of that information available for people i think really helps so i'm looking for new people 
Uh, John, do you like you've what are the projects that you look for uh, when contributing to Hacktoberfest? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so for me, and and I think that this really boils down to, uh, like I said earlier, I've I've participated in in all but the first one, um, and so at the at the beginning, right in 2015, uh, which was when I first learned about Hacktoberfest, uh, I I was definitely like, oh, this is super cool, and and I want to uh, I want to go out of my way to find right a cool project to contribute to. Um, and right, get a T-shirt along the way, right? and, and I think that's really, uh, you know, in line with the goals of the uh, of the event as a whole, right? Um, it's uh, the, the the T-shirt's cool. I'm wearing one of them right now, but uh, but it is certainly not the uh, the priority. Um, uh, the the things that I looked for, you know, those those first couple of years were right what am i what am i working on right what what kind of libraries am i uh right, specifically interested in in uh contributing to because i use them in my day job or i use them uh in right building out uh software for right some of the events that i run uh, so that that's sort of the thing that i gravitated around at the beginning uh and i mean honestly now uh i i sort of you know i go to hack hacktoberfest.com when registration opens and I hit the button uh, and uh, it's it, it's turned into a much more passive involvement uh, you, you know fr from a contributor contributor side of things there now um, you know I, I I I link my GitHub and GitLab accounts and at some point during the month I I find out that I've I've you know hit the hit the four PRs that I needed to uh you know, to, to tick that box. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that's probably similar to the experience that a lot of people have when they're getting more and more involved in, uh, kind of contributing to open source, uh, as just kind of a matter of course, rather than, um, you know, some, some specific intent. You have to tell me uh, which Hacktoberfest shirt are you wearing because uh, Jeff is saying that apparently y'all two are uh, are twins today. You're you're matching matching Hacktoberfest shirts. Uh, yeah, so this is the 2021 shirt. Um, it it just happened to be the first Hacktoberfest shirt I uh, uh, I I had in reach. Um, but uh, yeah, the the only one I don't have anymore because uh, it was it was such a good shirt that it's just worn out was the 2015 one. Um, and and I think, you know, you'll you'll find out that, uh, right, if if your wardrobe takes a similar path as mine has, where it's nothing but Hacktoberfest and conference T-shirts, um, you know, when you when you travel in the same groups, you'll you'll end up uh, more often than not having you know, two or more people wearing the same t-shirt in the same room. It's always a conversation starter. It's a great one. <laughs> Phoebe, do you, do you often see many folks that are in kind of that position that John's in where it started out as like, I'm going to do this thing with like full intention. And then it, it transforms into more of a, I'm now doing this. It, it's not just, every October I do four PRs and like my GitHub history graph looks like a, a sea of white with like one giant block in the middle, like close to the end. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely there are um, a lot of people have, have really leveled up their careers as a result of Hacktoberfest. Uh, maybe they got started, you know, participating because they were in a boot camp that got involved with a Hacktoberfest meetup um, you know, to help folks practice doing, you know, Git and, um, and then that grew them into, you know, participating more within their role in their company to open source projects. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a growth curve. Um, and there's a spectrum of folks that participate in Hectoberfest from all the way from people who do not have any technical experience. And that's actually something that's a focus for us this year on Hacktoberfest, uh, low to no code, non-code contributions. So one of the things that we discovered 
last year was that it's hard for people who don't have much technical experience to participate in open source. And they can be working in a tech company that is an open source project itself, but they don't necessarily have the process in place or the know-how to know where to find how to per- how, how to participate. So this year, one of the things that we talk about, and if you go to the Hacktoberfest About page, we have a section that kind of details a little bit more about how you can participate in Hacktoberfest, even if you um, don't have a lot of coding experience. Um, and here we kind of focus on three kind of key areas. One is writing. And we assume that people might be on a spectrum. Um, You know, some people will have technical experience. Some people will not. Some people will have some, but they may not participate in coding all the time. So they might be great evangelists who can help with social media. So that advocacy part, or they might be a graphic designer who works within a tech company who maybe didn't realize that they could help contribute their skills and expertise to a project. And on the flip side of that, we're also trying to get maintainers to start thinking about this too. Like, what are the projects that my project needs that I can get help from the community with that aren't related to code? So even things like thinking up, you know, just like we have like a first contributions label, like maybe coming up with a label that's like no code or non-code, you know, where we encourage, that's how you can tag your project as being something that people can actually take on and, and do a PR against. Um, right now it's a little bit of a funky process for people who want to get involved with open source, who don't have a lot of technical experience, finding the right repositories, uh, knowing how to do it. Everybody has a slightly different process. Some people use like a, um, like a a work activity log to kind of track that. Some people actually do have PRs. But that, that's one of the things that we want to focus on, um, and some of our partners are sharing through their events, like how to do this. Um, we also have a video that's going to be up on the Hacktoberfest website soon that's how to do your first pull request that will teach you uh, how you can do a very simple, easy uh, pull request and um, and also an MR. Um, but yeah, so, you, you know, the focus of, of trying to be more inclusive, because there's open source is going to need all of us to contribute and all that hear all the voices, right? Like there's so many people that don't get to participate in Hacktoberfest or in open source in general, because they might not have as much technical experience. So we wanted to try and open that up a bit more this year. I, I found a, a good resource just as our team was preparing for this. Um, good, good first issues, uh, good first issues.com. Yes. Uh, basically, it's it's looking for all the issues on GitHub. I've I've just selected Python, uh, and then I, I added Hacktoberfest in documentation, and then you have things like you know test this on Windows. Add, just add more documentation. Which I'm wondering if if your project isn't documented, is adding more documentation really a good first issue? Um, but like optimizing the README, I I I know that you know my whole job is the benefit of not every software engineer wants to get up on stage and talk, um, nor do they want to write that blog post or update that readme page and make it, you know, grammatically correct, which is a problem that even I have with. So um, again, like are, are these ty- these types of contributions are encouraged, which is, is great for me because one of the questions that, I had just in this campaign of like, I want to get as many like repo owners involved is I know GitHub has a new feature called like the community pulse, which is, you know, in order for it to be labeled like a a healthy project, it needs to have a code of conduct. It needs to have, you know, a readme. It needs to have a license. It needs like these things are suggesting that people add these are these things that people could get credit for, in like in Hacktoberfest even just saying like hey here's here's a template for like an MIT license if that's what you're looking for if not perhaps make a suggestion and we can add that yeah for Hacktoberfest we still only have the ability to track PRs and MRs and that's something that you know we we are 
we really took note of last year and we tried to tackle this year. We just didn't have the resources available to try to change our enablement um, of our of how we how we process the challenge part of Hacktoberfest. But it's something that we want to work on, you know, moving forward is a is a way that we can accept other kinds of contributions than just PRs and MRs. Very cool. I had a couple of a uh, couple of questions based on um, something you said a moment ago. Uh, the first one is right. Somebody like me who who right. I'm I'm gonna end up right. I I've already registered. I'm gonna end up with with my T-shirt um, right. Just as a as a matter of doing my my normal day to day job. Um, but uh, so when I think about directly contributing, I'm really uh, kind of of the mindset of right, how how do I how do I help others get more involved, right? And and uh, I'm curious if you have any advice for right folks uh, who who are already accustomed to this. How how do, how do we uh, you know essentially become levers to help more and more people contribute? Absolutely. So that is a fantastic question. The best way that you can help is by mentoring others. And so there are a couple different avenues that you can take to mentor. One is by holding your own Hacktoberfest event. Um, and we have resources available on the Hacktoberfest website for how you can set up and run your event um, and then get it listed on the Hacktoberfest website. Um, and I do want to call this out since you're on there. If you scroll down, uh, you can see the list of events that we've already got up there. Um, you can load more events and there is a, a little bit of a way you can sort them. Um, but if you keep scrolling down and you go to event organizers, there's a kit that you can download and this has a lot of resources in it. It's a zip file that contains images that you can use, a slide deck if you wanna do a presentation, things like that. And then that third um, or fourth item down, in that list there, submit the Hacktoberfest new event request form. If you mouse over new event request form, it doesn't do anything. Uh, it doesn't change anything on the website. I got a ticket in for that, but <laughs> um, it pops open this form and this is where you can submit your event um, and we'll list it on the Hacktoberfest website. Um, so events are one way that you can help mentor others. You can share um, your thoughts uh, through social media for sure. You know, Twitter is is a huge space where people are, you know, sharing their content. Dev.2 is a great place if you want to write something up about your experience with Hacktoberfest and the things that you've, you find valuable. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, you can join the Hacktoberfest Discord community, and uh, that's a great place to offer help. There's tons of folks in there who are always looking for a little bit of guidance um, and many channels you can join uh, in that space. And uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, for folks who are a little bit more advanced, um, there are also more kind of advanced projects that you can take on if you want to challenge yourself as well. Um, this year, for example, Docker is one of our uh, premium partners and they are going to be um, giving people an opportunity to create extensions. Um, so if you're not familiar with Docker extensions, uh, just Google that. But it's kind of like you would be creating your own repository rather than just doing a contribution to a repository. And you would be creating something that would be usable on a Docker um, and a Docker extension on desktop. So, um, from my limited understanding, but <laughs> we'll have more on that. And we're holding four live stream events this month from DigitalOcean, and uh, those will be listed on the Hacktoberfest website. And we'll be having folks from Docker and many other companies come on and talk about ways that you can participate. But in general, I think for, for folks who are more um, practiced at this, the best way that you can help is to find someone that you know doesn't know and help them, talk to them, bring them up with you, show them how to do things, take some time, set aside a moment to say, hey, let's do, let's do a pull request together. I just want to show you um, how to do it. If we all just took one person in the community and pulled them with us and said, here, come here, I want to show you how to do this, we'll have so many more people. <laughs> so and, uh, 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead John. Well, um, I was, <laughs> I was going to ask, how how do organizers? I mean, is is that the same way that they they keep that momentum going? Is is we get some folks, you know, and I, I think that's I mean, to me like that's the ultimate question. Is like again that fixing that empty empty contributor graph problem of of like don't just wait for october get plugged in like i i would love to hear you know some of the success stories from the community which people in the community let us know these success stories like of you know jumping in on a project for hacktoberfest to get your t-shirt and like fast forward two three years later now you're a maintainer of that project or you're one of the maintainers of that project um do you do you know of any like kind of big success stories of of either projects that have just maybe gotten second life due to Hacktoberfest or or maybe people who got their start, you know, contributing to Hacktoberfest? Yes. So actually um I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Appright, who's one of our sponsors, started out as an open source project and their their company and their product is open source. And they uh, joined in participating in Hacktoberfest and they got over 200 contributions that helped kind of spur the growth of their product enough that they it started them on their journey to becoming a, a profitable company. Um, and so one of the ways that they kind of give back is by participating in Hacktoberfest. And um, they, yeah, they're, they're kind of a poster child in a way of, of what can happen. So if you, if you're a little contributor and you, you've got a little project, uh, maybe it's like a side project and then maybe you start pulling in other people to start contributing to this project, then you open it up and you have maybe a global community that's helping to contribute. Actually, Jay and I used to both work for Elastic and that is how Elastic got started. Um, it was a cookbook recipe database <laughs> and, that our founder started for his wife, who was in a culinary program, and uh, and he developed the search uh, algorithm. And so, yeah, like th these things can grow and become the next big thing. Um, another really great story, if you go to... Um, either the yeah you, if you go to the digital ocean slash open source and then within that website is a hacktoberfest page we have a story from um sd tay who is a developer who started participating in hacktoberfest i think a couple of years ago um and she has blogged about her experience participating and what it's kind of how it's kind of changed her um experience with development and open source. And I, I think those are the kinds of stories that we'd love to hear more about. So if you register for Hacktoberfest, you will be opted into our emails. You can always opt out. But if you opt in, you will get a link to where you can share your Hacktoberfest story. And actually, I can grab the link to that right now and I'll share it in the chat. Um, so yeah, we we want to hear more of these stories, but I just have a few to share today. No, I, I love that. While you're getting that, I mean, you know, we I this is one of the things I love about the show that that you know John and I have put together here is that I've always looked at John as like kind of that seasonal, like not seasonal, like a seasoned developer, not seasonal, um, but uh, seasoned developer, conference organizer has been doing this for a while. Uh, and for me, I've only been active, you know, as a profession for, you know, the last couple of years. Um, I tell people I submitted my first open source contribution last year. And technically I didn't submit it because CICD had a bug. It was auto failing. Someone had to come in, do all the stuff for me and basically take my PR, put it under their name and then merge it. So it was like, I did the work, they gave me credit, but like also, um, and then since then I've gotten really invested in like, okay, now I have people submitting PRs to my projects. I'm submitting PRs to other people's projects. Like 
it really is addictive and that's that's where like john mentioned like the four just kind of happen i feel like it really it is that way and and honestly i've made extensions for the sole purpose of like contributing to open source projects and like hey i like this project it doesn't have a code of conduct i would really like for it to have a code of conduct i made a tool for myself to make code of conducts faster so that i could submit them as like a starting point for projects and like when you're and then now that's an open source project uh, that does have a code of conduct might i add but <laughs> like just the the ability to say like oh doing this one little thing that took me five ten minutes really helped that other person and it gave me so much more confidence even as someone who is a professional in the space it, it gave me confidence to be like at least in terms of adding code of conduct to people's sites, like I know what I'm doing. So like, sure, let me just do that some more. Uh, and then going in and adding testing and, and, you know, kind of expanding my knowledge as it grows. I would, I would love to, you know, and Phoebe has the link here. I'm going to, I'm going to paste that in, in the chats, but I would love to just hear the testimonies of people that like, I started out with a readme update. And then like, now I'm like, actually, well, I don't want to say actually, like it's a bad, like what you were doing didn't count, but like now you're, you're contributing code uh, to the main project because I've, I've always been fascinated with, you know, people that, I mean, I know people who like their first open source contribution was on like CPython and that just really confuses me on like how you started there and not like you missed a, a comma in your readme. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put that link up. There's a link in the chat. I put it in the YouTube chat. Actually, let me see if I can fix that really quick in case some people are watching on Twitch as well. Uh, I'll put it in that chat as well. If you have a story, please go share that. I think people underestimate the the value of oh hey someone very much in a similar situation that I was in was able to do it. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I um I can kind of. Uh, share my my story. <laughs> so um, back when I I first started in tech, my first job in tech was being an admissions advisor for a tech school at Galvanize, and I helped fill the seats in six month long immersive uh, web development uh, camps, and um, our campus evangelist would set up events on the campus that would help, you know, students sometimes. So they set up this Hacktoberfest event. So I got to go to a Hacktoberfest event um, as a participant. So I learned how to make my first pull request. Um, and then later on, I became a, a, the evangelist for the campus and I helped set up events for Hacktoberfest. And then later on, after I moved on from Elastic over to DigitalOcean, here I am managing Hacktoberfest. <laughs> and I did, um, I have contributed, I have tried every year to do my four PRs, but I've never completed them all. And this year, gosh, diddly darn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to get my four PRs done. And uh, I started uh, just kind of warming up. Um, Cloud Haiku is one of our repos that we run at DigitalOcean that we put in as a first, a good first contributions repository. And basically you can write a little haiku and contribute it. It goes onto this website. And I am now volunteering to help maintain that project. So the circle is complete. <laughs> what is this website? I need, I need to have this website. <laughs> It's uh let me tell you, it's uh I think it's just if you just type in cloud haiku um repo, you probably will find the the GitHub. And then in the uh README is the link to the website where the haikus are published. And we're also featuring some of those haikus in our emails this year. So if you want your email sent out to a gazillion people, if you want your haiku featured. <laughs> drop your haiku in there oh this is awesome this this is this is the project i okay 
Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty fun one. We actually use this uh, repo as our example repo in our how to do your first PR video. Um, so we actually have a we'll have a video up on the website here shortly that um, it's actually probably already it may already be on YouTube on the DigitalOcean YouTube, but um, it's uh, actually I can go look and see if we can grab that. Um, but we use this repo and so you can get walked through your first PR utilizing this repository. So um, it'd be fun. To that do is that. very cool. And I, I guess that is a, that is a kind of another question of like, I know that there are repos like awesome lists and um, I mean, John and I have a, a repo that is the sole purpose of like adding issues for the show, adding topics for the, the shows each week. Uh, I, I would hope that, that those are also, I mean, as long as they're valid contributions, I hope those are also encouraged for, you know, to be included in those types of contributions. Obviously, you know, if you just do an issue that won't count, but if you do like a, a PR to set up an issue form or an issue template to maybe make more sense of a project. I think those little things should definitely count because it improves the overall experience of all of the people that are going to come behind you uh, and, and file issues or, you know, submit PRs, PR templates. Those are amazing underused tool that I think would help a lot of people, but you know, just a lot of repos don't have them. So, I mean, you submitting one like that, I think that that would totally count. Yeah. And I love that you brought up, you know, sort of like this little thing that you do today could have this long-term lasting impact. That's one of the things that we talk about in our values um, is that, you know, yes, you're doing this small, you know, sort of short-term action, or it could be fairly extensive depending on what the, what the contribution is. But, um, you know, ultimately th this is building a better future for open source and it could have long-term lasting effects. If anybody has ever seen that comic of the person who is like, they're like one maintainer of a tiny little project that all these like monolithic like industries are building off <laughs> and he's someplace in Idaho. Yeah. That, so, that is what we want to try and help that person. <laughs> so Phoebe, we might know that person. Um, Seth Larson, <laughs> who is the maintainer for URL lib, or at least one of the primary maintainers. Uh, I think he lives in like Minnesota. I don't want to blow up his spot and you know all that stuff. And like, give him to everybody where he's at, but definitely one of those situations of like really, really important project, probably the, one of the most important projects in Python. Um, very, very small team uh, of dedicated people. And, and I know that they've seen a big boom in just the number of people contributing, contributing and sponsoring. Um, and I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of value that comes from people being ready to just say, Hey, let's, Let's make sure that this doesn't disappear, because um, when it does, that's that's never fun. John, you sent me the. Oh, you sent me the. Hold on, I'll, I'll put the, it up uh, on the screen. That's that's the one. Yeah, it's an XKCD cartoon that is, uh, I think, pops up in any conversation about open source open sustainability. Source. Yeah, this it's, is like it's it's far too true. Nebraska, it wasn't Idaho. <laughs> I'm, so I'm sure there is an equivalent, uh, you know, project maintained by somebody in Idaho. <laughs> yep. Um, so that, I, I, I wanted to uh, uh, to ask sort of a bit of a non sequitur here um, because it relates to something that Jay and I were talking about uh, a few weeks back on the show in which he grilled me for 40-ish minutes about uh, open source licenses. Uh, so th this is me paying that forward. Um, you mentioned... Uh, encouraging more um, non-code contributions this year, uh, which I think is super important, uh, you know, especially as, right, projects start out where it's, you know, someone with a particular right, technical obstacle a lot of the time, uh, and, and then a project grows and grows from that and eventually needs uh, 
documentation and design and uh, uh, many things that are not code. Um, but right, open source licenses apply to the code, right? So why why do people care about, right? Why am I going to make an open source documentation contribution? So that that is also a really great question. Um, why why do you need to document your open source? Like, why do you need to document your open source licensing, or why do you need an open source license? Uh, more more along the lines of um, right, the open source licenses apply to you know code, right? It's mm -hmm. generally the the limitation of the scope there so um you know what what would make you know me as someone who's doing right maybe artwork or um you know documentation that isn't uh th that isn't source code right uh why would i want to contribute to an open source project oh excellent so like I mentioned before, I think that, you know, there, even within the tech industry, there are tons of people that work for tech companies that are in this community. They just don't necessarily realize it. And they don't necessarily realize that they have skills and expertise that can be applied to open source projects. And this is, I see it more as kind of like the growth curve of open source we are moving into an era where open source is is so much a part of everyday business that it it's there it's intermarried and there really isn't a way for, it's still in this nonprofit mod like cost model right like we do have examples of of companies like Elastic that where you know they started out as an open source project and then they went to you know like a limited license and um, you know they sell their product um, on a subscription service. And there are many open source projects that are not for profit. And so how that question of how do we how do we manage this this process where we've got essentially all these 501Cs out there <laughs> that need our help? Well, to me, the answer is bringing in, you know, raising the issue. I mean, that's why I wanted to focus on this this year for Hacktoberfest is that I feel like I'm I'm seeing this gap in in the open source community where we've got projects out there that they need this help, but they don't really know how to ask for it or don't have the right processes in place. And so we're kind of in the baby step territory where it's like, okay, hey, everybody, this is an issue we know about. We want to talk about it. Now is the time. To, let's take Hacktoberfest this month to start kind of working towards improving it for people. And But why would they want to get involved in this? Because it's ultimately going to improve the, pro the projects that their company utilizes and ultimately their customer's experience and also their daily life. I mean, I don't know about you, but on the daily, I use a gazillion open source projects. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that they're using open source when they're using projects. Like, I mean, gosh, if we started to try and list them out, I think it'd be kind of crazy, but. Um, I get paid to advocate for one with VS Code. So like, and that, right. that is an open source project. VS Code, perfect example, right? Something we use daily, at, you know, all the time and we take for granted. Uh, and so, yeah, having this sort of a two-prong approach where we're trying to educate maintainers, hey, you have this opportunity to get contributions that are not code related. And we're simultaneously trying to educate non-tech community or not non-tech community but non-technical folks in the tech community hey you can still participate in this i feel like it's going to be a growing process that we do over the years but um but ultimately it's the same reason why we're all participating in open source it's because we know that we're helping other people that's kind of the bottom line <laughs> So we, we've got about 10 minutes left in the stream, and I, I want to make sure uh, folks that are listening, if you have a question for either John or myself or, or for Phoebe, 
Um, this is a good time, Phoebe. This is like what Phoebe does. Her focus is making sure Oktoberfest is like great and phenomenal. So she's definitely the person to ask questions. But um, I, I wanted to kind of follow up on that uh, that question as well, as I think for historically excluded, you know, groups, you're not often taught the problem. I mean, actually, most people who go to college don't get taught the process of like, Hey, here's how you submit a PR through GitHub um, that are, you know, or through GitLab or whatever, you know, get service. It's, it's often one of those things. I remember like being in the military and you take like all of these courses on like theory and how things work. And then you get into your first role and they're like, Oh, you're like, what's my job. I've been studying how to, you know, implement configurations on routers. And they're like, tip these cables. And you're like, oh, <laughs> so to me, like even those contributions that are not, you know, actual protected by the the open source license, maybe they're a cool logo, maybe they're, you know, a readme update or some documentation. If anything, that gives you practice in doing the thing that maybe you're going to need to do once you get into that first developer job, uh, because I can tell you now, like interviewing someone fresh out of college a good question that they probably get asked a lot is how familiar are you with git and if the answer is oh that's not really something that we talked about in school or that's something that came up once or twice versus oh i'm familiar with git because i had to use it for during the hacktoberfest event one you're going to get bonus points because you know what hacktoberfest is which tells me that you're already tuned into the community but like also that gives you such a step ahead from from folks who, you know, whether they have a piece of paper or not, whether they, they've gone through four years of this or not, they're missing a critical piece in development that they're going to use for the majority of their career, if not for the entirety of their career. And I want to build on that a bit because, you know, you used this example as someone right, getting into their their development job. And, and I think that a big uh, part uh, of, of what you said, Phoebe, about uh, getting more, more contributions that aren't just like straight source code uh, this year really points to is um, that might not be the path you take, right? It, you, you may continue contributing in, in ways that uh, aren't, aren't source code and that's going to be hugely valuable um, because right if if the be all and end all is okay now i'm going to make the the code contribution um right we've uh, essentially replaced a, a a gap in right skill set and and uh you know desire to contribute to things that aren't just code um with someone who who can and and, and wants to do those things and then immediately said, okay, you've graduated out of that, right? So I, I, I think, um, you know, long-term, we're going we're gonna to see a lot, uh, a lot more investment in, right, building out those, uh, th those paths for people to continue contributing to these projects uh, and to continue building the community uh, in, in a way that isn't uh, necessarily about the code. And maybe the last maybe the last piece on that is also communities. Um, I know, John, we we started the show around an interesting time where, like, you know, the idea of community building was is is still a growing thing, and we see more and more Discord communities being put together, and we see more more things like that. I love the addition of events to Hacktoberfest because, like you said that and that wasn't even like in my mind and you're like oh wait what we can do an event where we bring people in that want to contribute and we like whether we're looking at like something that you know python community news is doing or something that i'm like a, a you know a code project that i'm working on or a code project that john's working on or you know maybe we just scoured you know one of the the git you know hubs out there you know github gitlab whatever and just look for projects and say like, hey, this would be a great project. Um, 
to me that's such it, it's so obvious i don't know why i didn't think about it and then when you said it i was like this is why we need people doing that thing because there are plenty of obvious things out there that people have just not thought about or they have not gotten to um and it just takes someone making a suggestion or someone saying hey i've already done the work um have you thought about this or maybe you did think about this but you didn't know how it was how to do it but i know how to do it and then that person does it and shows them and then that opens up new opportunities yeah absolutely i mean that's kind of where i was going with the you know it it doesn't have to be a heavy lift like you you could literally you know, be having a, one of those water cooler conversations with somebody and you find out that they're kind of interested, but they're intimidated, like they don't know how to contribute. And you could say, well, let's, let's just spend an hour together and hang out and I'll show you what I know. Um, you know, that could be that person's first step towards a career. You know, you never know, but it could also just be an opportunity for them to be more knowledgeable about open source and help raise the priority of it in their work. You know, like, hey, there's this community of people that's doing this awesome work and we need to help support them and, and finding other ways to help support. Well, I think we're about at time. Uh, we, we did the thing where we jumped right into the topics and we didn't tell people how they can actually sign up for Hacktoberfest. So I'm going to say, Phoebe, how do people sign up for Hacktoberfest? <laughs> um, cool. Jay, do you want to go to the uh, homepage of the Hacktoberfest website? I'm there. Okay. Do you see that button registration? Yes. Click on that. It, it might yell at me because I'm already here. Let me yeah. log out. There we yeah. Go. Okay. So yes, here you can either um, create an account with GitHub, if you have a GitHub handle, or GitLab. If you don't already have one of these accounts, you can go to either GitLab or GitHub and create an account. And here you can I, see I Jay's awesome this, profile. Yeah, I wish it were this easy. I There there was another page in there. Luckily, there, there wasn't a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm already signed up. I know. All three of us, I think, are already signed up. So we don't have a great example of the questions that you have to go through. Uh, but if you join our uh, global kickoff event, which is October 4th, and uh, this is listed on the Hacktoberfest website, um, we don't have, I think there's a registration link in there somewhere, um, but you can join that. Uh, it's October 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern time, and we will take you through how to register. We will take you through how to do your first PR, and we'll have lots of fun content. We're also going to do a Kahoot and give away some swag. So we would love for you to join us at our uh, kickoff event. We also have an uh, APAC region Asia Pacific uh, edition of that kickoff. So if you are not currently in the US time zone, you're more kind of India, Australia, um, that kind of area, then you can join that call and it'll be very similar content. And time zones are super, super hard. And, um, and this is a question that I've gotten and I'm sure it's a question that I've asked too. Uh, when when, when do is, I have to uh, submit my, my my pull requests, my merge requests, in order for them to count? Ah, okay. So starting October 1st is when you can start to do your pull requests. There is, um, I think, a, it might be a 7 to 14 day. I have to refresh my memory on that one, clearly. Um, but a 7 to 14 or 7 to 10 day waiting period uh, where your pull request essentially matures, that's that's giving the maintainer time to uh, accept and label your pull request. Um, and then uh, your ability to contribute ends October 31st. And um, as soon as you have completed um, your full four pull requests, you will be eligible to win uh, a reward kit. And the first 40,000 people who contribute will get a reward kit. And those those dates are those uh, UTC or anywhere on earth? 
or what is yeah that? no there is a utc i'm this is terrible this is where i wish i had matt cowley with me because he's very dialed on these things matt cowley is our technical engineering lead for hacktoberfest and he's a delightful person and so i, I he would know but <laughs> I, um, I wish i could tell you but i think it's probably on the participation page um yeah. if you look under the the rules of participation yeah, I'm just trying to preempt that. Oh, I opened my pull request four hours too early. And oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So if you actually like right now, I try. I did a pull request and I can actually, it doesn't do anything because re registration is open, but the ability to have your PRs tracked doesn't begin. There you go. Um, time zone. There. Yeah, I knew it was there. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't get tracked until... Um, until October 1st. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Phoebe, thank you so much for being our guest. And uh, thank you so much for bringing all your knowledge on Hacktoberfest. Like I said, this is my first one. I'm I'm going for a shirt. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure that I have enough friends that are going to be like, Hey, here's a project I need you to work on for me. So maybe, well, maybe we'll figure it out. Well, I really appreciate both of you having me on the show. It's been awesome fun. I'm so glad we got to do this together. And uh, I just want to give one last shout out that we've got some really cool uh, digital badges this year, courtesy of hollow pin um, that are lots of fun. And if you just register, you'll start collecting those badges right away. So everybody head to the registration page and get yourself registered. Cause we're going to have a whole lot of fun this month. Awesome. Well, uh, John, anything else? Uh, again, thank you so much for for uh, you know telling telling our community about Hacktoberfest. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, as I always do. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to be a great event. Well, folks, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. There won't be an episode this Friday. This is this is the episode for this week. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we gave all the attention to it, so that when um, October rolls around, which I think is on Saturday. Um, you have all the information that you need to jump in and, and start getting connected. Uh, but we'll be back next week again with, with some more news in around the Python community space. But until next time, uh, for Phoebe, uh, I'm Jay Miller. John Bonifato. And this has been the Python Community News. Bye, everybody. <laughs>